Hey guys, welcome to Real Live Talk. My name is Duke Lamastra and I'm your host. Thank you so much for taking the time to catch this episode. It really means a lot to me that you're here. My guest for today is Karen Pennington. Karen is a gifted author, teacher, and podcast host committed to seeking the excellence, fun, and wisdom of God in daily living. She's the author of An Anointed Mess and the host of the podcast Daily Adventures in Grace. Let me just tell you that for me, this was one of my favorite all-time conversations. I really, really enjoyed my time with Karen. She has such a down-to-earth and practical approach to the grace of God in a way that's experiential and not based on our perfection. And uh, so I I really believe that there's a lot of value here that's going to help people get free and experience more of the freedom that Christ has made available to us. So Stay tuned for the episode, guys, and bless you as you listen to this conversation with Karen Pennington. And three, two, one, and uh, we're rolling. Hello, Karen. Welcome to the program. How are you doing today? It's a beautiful day, and I'm blessed. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm so excited to, to have you on the show today. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, remind me again where you're located. I live in Jamestown, New York. In Jamestown, New York. So yeah, in the <laughs> southwestern yeah. corner of New York State, not New York City. Very different. So, very different. Very different. Very different. So, <laughs> I I probably we probably talked about this. Um, I went to uh, Elam Bible Institute, and that's up in the Rochester, New York area. Right. Um, Jamestown is sort of it's it's more s- southern than that, right? Yeah, we're just a couple of minutes from Erie, a couple minutes from Warren. Pennsylvania, really close to the state line. So, and my pastor actually went to Elam Bible Institute as well. So, yes, that's awesome. I'm familiar. (laughs) Very cool. Um, And uh, where are you from originally? Oh my goodness, that's a tough question. (laughs) I was one of those movers as a kid. Uh, My parents worked for the Salvation Army, which moved us a lot. So, Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of upstate New York, Syracuse for a while, Pittsburgh for a while out a little bit in the west coast so oh, <laughs> yeah. i guess sort of northeast is my, mostly my home base but my husband's from richmond virginia so um i'm a traveler <laughs> yeah that's awesome uh yeah i'm originally from new jersey i grew up there my whole life and um now i live in alabama and it's oh, wow. a totally different world so oh i, I can crazy. only imagine yeah <laughs> And it's so hot down here, and I'm really feeling this uh, kind of cooler weather that we're having. I know for you it's different because when it gets cold, it gets really, really cold. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be missing super the south in here. about four days when it starts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I I love snow. Like I really love snow. Um, and as long as I lived in New Jersey, I never got tired of snow. Like it, it was never we. Some winters we'd get a decent amount, but it was never it was never to the point where I was like, oh, I wish it would stop snowing. Oh. Um, but when I but when I lived in New York for those three years that I was um, up there in Rochester, yeah. I it got there for sure, yeah. like six, pretty six quick months, to the point. Where I was like, this is my 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 it's husband's too much. from my husband's from Richmond, and we lived in Oneida, New York, which is just a little bit like close to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the first snowfall, he had a barbecue first of all on our like low roof terrace. And he also made snow angels. Like we're married. 
<laughs> I'm pregnant with his child. He's making snow angels in the snow and barbecuing because that's what you do, I guess. And that's he's like, up. oh, I love the snow. I love the snow. And that was, of course, I don't know, October, November. Then like February, he's like, I'm ready for it to be over in March. He's like, I'm really ready. And when it's snowing in April, he said, let's move to California. So that's what we did. <laughs> but he still likes it. He's used to it now. So he likes it. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. But you know what my favorite thing was? My favorite thing. So like my my wife is from Mexico. Um so mm-hmm. she fit into this category. My my favorite thing was when uh, like some of the um international students that we would mm-hmm. that that we had um that mm-hmm. were from, you know, maybe countries like that. Like w- like I had some friends like my wife was from Mexico, we had some other friends that were from Mexico, mm-hmm. we had some friends that were from South America. And so it was like their first experience like mm-hmm. ever seeing feeling experiencing snow and that was always like my my favorite thing just kind of like enjoying that moment with them Mm -hmm. to kind of like see you know their faces light up and like this is what snow is but then like a month later it's like we're tired of snow because right right you know especially especially as freshmen it was crazy because our parking lot was like so far like down this hill and away from civilization And uh, we would literally like on nights where it snowed a lot, uh, which was very often, we would um, like if I I, I had all 8, 8 a.m. classes that that first mm-hmm. year and uh, like we would have to go down and dig our cars out so we yeah. can move them so that they could plow mm-hmm. in the parking lot. Like and we have to do that before class it would be like seven in the morning and we'd just be down there just like freezing to death digging out i'm like yeah all right this yep. is this is officially too much snow i didn't think it was possible but this is too much snow yep yep <laughs> and we had a year a couple years ago where none of it ever melted so there was like stacked five or six feet high so it was crazy yeah it was crazy and i'm not a great big snow fan because i grew up with it so we're I, actually yeah. I, if probably what I'm doing and where I am is about the last place I would have put myself. God does that sometimes. He takes the last place you want to be and makes that the place you want to have joy. Like I always thought the worst possible job to have is a substitute teacher. And I feel very called right now to be a substitute teacher. And I have so much joy in that. It makes absolutely no sense to me because I'm like, that's the worst job ever. No one listens to you, but there's like a ministry (laughs) in it and there's like a connection. And I'm, I substitute at the high school a lot, which is right down the street from my church. So there we're starting to make connections there. I know, but I'm like, and cold just was never my thing. I mean, I'd have been fine in Mex. I'm okay if I don't see snow. Yeah. But um, yep, that, that wasn't God's plan. But there's joy in it. So he has a sense of humor. God has, God has a sense there's, of humor. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, there's joy in it. Yeah, I I um I wouldn't have put myself here either for mm-hmm. sure. And uh it's crazy, but mm-hmm. it's awesome. And uh, yeah, and yeah, like you said, we'll get we'll get into it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into some stuff here talking about the adventure of following Jesus, the adventure of grace, yeah. which we'll get into because I know you're that's uh, that's part of your world. So we'll uh, we'll hit that. That's definitely your wheelhouse. But um, before we jump into some specific stuff, would you just maybe tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you're up to. All right. Well, I, it took me a few years to figure out the name for my book. And I decided that really is my identity. I'm an anointed mess. Um, (laughs) I spent a lot of time growing up, you know, trying to do everything right and please everybody. And there's nothing wrong with doing things that please people, but like, Mm -hmm. that was who I was, you know? Yeah. 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 And, um, or who I tried to be. And in reality, I'm the person that can't even find my iron, let alone I don't know the last time I used it. You know, I'm the person that's kind of disheveled and 
I do have a filter when it comes to love and when it comes to integrity, but beyond that, there's not much there. <laughs> okay. I just, it, it's, I mean, if I rip my pants, I'm going to tell everybody, I just ripped my pants. I'll, I'll make an <laughs> announcement about it. I, I ripped my pants yesterday. I, I didn't tell everybody at that point. I went home, then I told everyone, but you know, <laughs> I'm that, I'm that person that <laughs> yeah. I, I, I found, I find joy in that. And I, I think sometimes pe I'm that person that will kind of laugh at myself. Um, mm -hmm. And some people, I think it makes that un uncomfortable, but to me, that's, I, I find that adds to my sense of self-worth, not, not, you know, not putting myself down. I don't like putting people down, but to me, that adds to my value and that adds to my grace that I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to perform. Mm. And I, I am kind of a doer and I'm high strung and um, I'm not ADHD. I'm very focused <laughs> in my <laughs> chaos <laughs> yeah. but I, focused chaos i, I like that focus chaos there's a new term i need to write that i think that'll be my next it's blog good. but um, but i i mean i just i'm very energetic and i'm very often say things that i go why did that come out of my mouth but you know i just love god and god loves me and i love people and um i'm absolutely in love with the word of god because it is a bunch of messed up people that God used. That's what I see. Mm. <laughs> messed up, yeah. beautiful people that were used by God. And you can look at that and it's like, go look at what God did with that. You know, <laughs> So God can do something with me. And that that's really my passion in life. And my granddaughter. My, I love my husband. I love my daughter. And my granddaughter is like the best thing ever. That's about me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, I think that it definitely lends to good conversations for sure. Like the first time that you and I talked, so maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago, something like that, whenever that was, when we connected on a phone call and uh, it was just like such an easy conversation. And I don't even remember, we talked for a while and it just felt like I knew you it felt like, um, yeah, it, it didn't, it, it wasn't like a typical, like first time you speak to somebody conversation, because I think that there's a, a for real authenticity to you. Uh, where you do, you're just yourself. And, uh, and I, and I think that it's awesome. I think that it's inviting. I think even, uh, I think it comes out even in your writing style. It for sure mm -hmm. comes out in your podcast and stuff like that. And it's just, uh, sort of an invitation into not just, I've got something to tell you, but an invitation into your life, which is, I think where a lot of this inspiration for, for what you, what you do and what you teach and, um, and your heart for people comes from, um, comes from uh, just the reality of who you are, what God has done in your life. And it's not always, you know, pretty and, and, and like in terms of it's not always like super in order and like perfect package. Like God, when he works in our lives, like, like you said, the reason I, I brought that up, your, your podcast is called Daily Adventures in Grace. And it's an adventure following Jesus and living a lifestyle of grace where we're not just dependent on ourselves and on our resources and what we have in our hands. But, you know, when we go after God, I know I just said this in the last podcast because it was relevant, but it just came into my mind. It's one of my favorite verses in Proverbs where it says, uh, where there are no oxen, the trough is clean, but much strength comes or, or but much growth comes or increase comes, depending on your translation, by the strength of an ox. It's like mm. if you don't have if you don't have any oxen, like you don't have any. There's no mess to clean up if you don't have right. the the, the wild that. animal. There's mm. no mess to clean up. But if you do have that oxen, a lot of increase and in growth can come into your uh, that ox. A lot of growth and increase can come through that. 
So a lot of times I think that we'll actively try to avoid things that are messy, avoid things that are mm -hmm. uncomfortable. But so often that's where the growth is. That's where the life is. That's where the adventure mm -hmm. is. And so anyway, I really love that, uh, that that's kind of your heart. And, and it really does. It, it comes out in, uh, in who you are. It's expressed. So thank you so much. It's, it's definitely who I am. I just, it took a while to get there. It took a while to embrace my inner mess. <laughs> I mean, God does. Why don't I? So, and I actually go to a church that we were coming up with a new name because we were like a church plant from a different church and it was Praise Fellowship, Praise Fellowship Jamestown. And when my pastor first told me the name, I, I can tell you this now, it's real life church. And my first thought is that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Who's going to call a church? <laughs> I didn't say it. I said to my husband, I didn't say it to anyone else, but the more we live it, the more I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is us. We have all these people. Like when my husband and I first came to the church, we were, I mean, my life had completely fallen apart. It's, it's in the book, the last chapter. And absolutely like my husband totally lost himself, had some bad memories that he just mm. decided everything he knew about God and the world and everything was wrong. And he married the wrong person, which this was not my husband. We're talking like months after we were going to go into ministry and we had had all of the psychological evaluations and people were going, Oh my goodness, what a strong marriage you have. And he just said, no, all of it was wrong. And, and then we lost our house and we lost my car and I lost everything, house, car, mm. computer, phone, husband, almost my sanity, you know, <laughs> God provided everything I needed. Yeah. I can't tell you how, I don't know how by any human standard, I would not have even had my life at that point. I was, I had days where it hurt to breathe and I'm a pretty happy person, but, um, or at least I'm a very excited person. Even when I'm angry, I'm like excitedly, I'm excitedly <laughs> sad, right? I'm so sad, you know, <laughs> but like I, it just everything like it hurt to breathe and all I could do was scream at God sometimes like and I would read through scriptures and I would scream the scriptures. You said you do this, you know, but wow. um, I, but just God came through. I'm, I've totally lost my thought now. See, I'm a babbler, <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's fine. But God brought us all back from that. And there was like so much grace in that. I don't know if this was my point to start with, but this is where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> there was so much grace in that. And there, like even that. Like that, that Romans 8, 28 thing where God works all things together for the good of those who love him. That was amazing. Now I found my thought. So we started coming to this church real life and my husband was so lost. It was, I mean, he was only gone for a little bit. Then he came back, but he was dealing with the memories. He was dealing with what did I just do for six weeks? He was mm. dealing. I actually almost died. I was in a car accident. Um, I've never we just slipped on ice. My car flipped my brand new wow. car like two weeks after I got it flipped three or four times. We were on mm. a road called big tree road. If we would have been six inches to the left or 12 inches to the right, it would have been a very different story because we were wow. between big trees. Um, it was the only mm. spot in the whole road that there was a space between big trees. <laughs> and mm. um, my husband was like, okay, can I come home now? <laughs> Cause he was gone. And we walked away with, I think I had a slight scratch and a bruise. My daughter had nothing. We're like hanging upside down in this. Wow. Car. Nothing. And so that, that started our walk back. And, but he couldn't be in the room when praise and worship was going on. He was that mm. far gone. He just knew he was supposed to be home. And there were all these thoughts that he couldn't figure out. And, um, very godly man now, very much loves me more than ever, more convinced of my love than ever. Cause he's like, if you can love me through that, you know, then, um, and he was like that before, but it's more now. And, um, but so we came to real life and, um, 
we were like worried about being judged. We had been in churches mm. where it felt like people judged every little thing we did. I always had to be perfect. I couldn't, we couldn't talk about things, you know, you know, the whole okay. honor God by having no flaws kind of thing, as if that's possible. But, um, we go in and I remember one thing very clearly, they had this old married couple had been married like 50 years and or something like that. We we're trying to figure out who in the congregation had been married the longest. And they said, are you, you too, are you, and the, do you want to include our 10 years of divorce or not? And like <laughs> with that, there was a story. And then like another story of this wow. couple, that's this godly couple, but they, there was adultery and another couple, you know, that some of them had gotten divorced because of something that happened and gotten remarried. Some of them had yeah. gotten their addiction. Some remarried the people they divorced, you know, all these, but there was all of these people that like, Oh my goodness, these are real people. <laughs> so so yeah. to make a short story long, real life was the perfect. It was perfect. Cause we're, we just come and we're real and we struggle with stuff. And I was struggling with offense the other day. So I just went up in front of the congregation and said, I'm struggling with a spirit of offense. And so, we, you know, we prayed over it and it was, it's so much easier to grow and thrive when you can just be honest mm. with God and with, and that doesn't mean yeah. you to say, here's every sinful thought I've ever had yeah, to the whole congregation, sure. but to just say, Hey, I'm struggling. God's still good, but I'm struggling. And you read this. That's like the Psalms. All right, God, I'm really mad at you. I'm struggling, but I know you're God. So I'm going to praise you anyways. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it such a fallacy? And, and I, and I know that it's a, it's a scheme of the enemy for sure. That says that, you know, we've got to be, you know, have, have this appearance that everything is, is great and everything is awesome all the time. And, and we're so good at that. I think generally speaking, especially in church, mm -hmm. we do it in regular life too, but I think especially in church mm -hmm. of putting on that sort of facade, wearing that fake smile, you know, like you walk mm -hmm. out of church by the time you get out of that two hour service, your face hurts because you've been fake smiling the whole time. Yeah. Like yeah. that kind of thing. And but the thing is that like it doesn't actually help anybody. You know, it, it makes you look good to people. It's like the, you know, Instagram and Facebook and social media. We everyone just sees sort of our highlights. But for the most part, we don't like to show the flaws. We don't like to show the things that don't make us look so good or that show that we're struggling and stuff like that. And when we can sort of open up that door a little bit, like you said, like not going crazy and not just every single you know person you come in contact with. Let me just unload all my stuff on you right now. Right. But like being real and being open and being authentic with people and showing that like, OK, yeah, I love the Lord. I love God. And I and mm. and I and I know that he loves me and I'm going after him. But like I have some struggles, too. And and that actually does help people. And it helps people to see that you're a real person that they can relate to. And so it, it sort of takes away, I, I think when we do this thing, that's just sort of like this inauthentic, like mm -hmm. I'm up here and you're down there mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Um, like not even Jesus did that. Yeah. Like Jesus didn't have to discuss his flaws <laughs> and, <laughs> and his, uh, his issues because he was perfect. Mm -hmm. But he was still right there with people in the trenches with people, never sort of putting this this wall up of you can't get close to me because I'm holy. Like you can't get close oh. to me because no, like his perfect holiness attracted people right. that were considered to be the worst sinners in society and his attracted humanity. Every, everybody. Yeah. And his humanity. And Absolutely. I don't know if I'm on dangerous ground here, but um, 
Jesus never sinned, oh, good. but he did struggle. I mean, he struggled. Mm -hmm. He was sad. Mm -hmm. He wept. Yeah. He got yeah. annoyed with the disciples. Yeah. Who wouldn't, you know? He, yeah. He even oh. had a little bit of fear. It's just, I, I guess he didn't sin because in that struggle, he continually surrendered it to God. Mm. It's like he knew the freedom that it takes us a lifetime to find if we're wow. really searching for it. He knew that freedom of saying, okay, God, this is where, this is it, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to go die, God, but your will, not mine. I don't, you know. Wow. Wow. I, I love that. And I love um, that word perfection. Um, I have retired from the pursuit of flawlessness. It's not going to happen. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm still moving towards perfection and receiving it. That word perfection, um, it's teleon in Greek or teleos, depending on what form. It means complete. So all those times where Jesus is telling us, right. be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. It's like, let me complete you. It's not saying do it yourself. It's let Love yourself. It. And it's actually a lot of times that's middle voice, which is part active. There's a part you do and there's a part you receive. You know, so when mm. I'm pursuing perfection, that doesn't mean I'm going to sit back, put my feet up, do absolutely nothing. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to trust God to do everything I can, which is most of it. You know, I'm going to do that 1%. Yeah. But, that was also the same word that Jesus used on the cross when he said, it is finished. It's to Come land. On. Yep. So I'm like, that's my new, that's the adventure. How can that not be an adventure? You know, I'm in pursuit of God every day and I mess up every day and that's okay. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. And that, I'm only messing up 1% of it. The other 99%. <laughs> and, and that's the, that's, why we needed grace in the first place Amen. right like Amen. and we've we've started off you know paul talked about this we we've started off in grace we we start off our walk with the lord in grace there's no other way that we can come to god except through the grace of jesus christ Amen. but then what do we do we think that oh well i've been following the lord for a week now or a year now or a decade now or whatever and so i should have this all figured out by now i should be i should be perfect and we end up take putting weight on ourselves that we were never meant to carry mm -hmm. and you know burden and guilt and condemnation and stuff yes. like that that we were never meant to carry because it's all supposed to be from grace like why would we start in grace and then not continue in grace right, right? and so we yeah. we've got to have we we've, we've got to have and again like like you're saying and i think that you put it so well that you know, the the idea of completion and the process of completion, it doesn't mean that we just sit back and, and just pretend like we don't have any responsibilities. Right. Um, so it's not it's of course, it's not that it's not just like, oh, well, whatever, I'll just sin all I want. And like, mm -hmm. like, that's no, like, that's an abuse of grace. Mm -hmm. But the point is that we're, it's not dependent on us. It's dependent on on him and on his mm -hmm. grace and on his finished mm -hmm. works. And so when we do mess up and when we do have issues and sin struggles and temptation and just like whatever, whatever comes in life, it's like, like, you know what? I don't want to stay there because I know that what you've got for me is better than this. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I don't have to beat myself up. I don't have to put on mm -hmm. a fake face and I don't have mm -hmm. to pretend like I'm supposed to be, you know, have all of this stuff figured out by now mm -hmm. because it's not about me. It's about you. It's about, it's about his yeah. grace. You know, Amen. and and the more we learn to rely on his grace and become conscious and aware of how good his grace mm -hmm. is, I think, well, first of all, it lifts pressure off of us. Yes. But second of all, because the pressure's off of us, it actually leads us 
like Paul, Paul dealt with this question. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Romans chapter six, verse right. one. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What does he say? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So when the pressure comes off and we're reliant on his grace instead of our ability to do everything right, it actually leads us deeper into righteousness right. and righteous living. It, it causes us to respond more to what he's done for us because the pressure's off and the focus is off of us. It doesn't lead to, when we when we look at grace in the right way, it will never lead us to choose sin right. on, per you know what I mean? Like, like we'll, we'll, we'll still mess up and we'll, right. whatever. But in this process, it's going to lead us to becoming more like Christ, not right. less. <laughs> I think you just sense? defined, I think you just defined Christian freedom really, really well. And that is, I mean, I think it's a struggle with most of us in society where people think of freedom as I can do whatever I want. And Correct. The, more yeah. you, the more you lean, I've had some conversations. I'm actually very grateful. People who are not of the Christian faith are starting to um, comment on some of my Facebook and LinkedIn things. And I like that because they haven't been rude. They've just said different opinions. So we can have this conversation yeah, without fighting each other. I'm like, oh, this is good. But um, there's a lot of hedonism there where it's like, no, you have to pursue your own. It's toxic. I had one person say it's toxic to pursue God if it doesn't make you happy. And <laughs> it's, but that thing, that trap of what makes me feel good right now, people call that freedom, but it is one of the biggest snares wow. in society when you're just, it has to, I have to feel good right now. I have to think good right now. It doesn't make me feel good mm. right now. And then you get caught. It's like a, it's a drug, you know, it's, it's relying on something that other than God to fulfill only what God can fulfill. To me, that is the definition of addiction, mm. which is a trap. And it doesn't just have to be drugs. It can be my ego. Yes, for sure. It, it can be this project that I've decided is for God, but I haven't actually asked God's opinion on it. You know, <laughs> it, mm -hmm. it can be this, it can be this person that I decided I needed to marry and I'm mad God because that didn't work out. You know, it, it can be anything, but I what you said is awesome where, there's a greater freedom in that surrender. You know, Christianity, we're, if we really live by the truth, the truth is that the only freedom comes in surrender, which makes no sense unless you do it. You know? It's really good. <laughs> but like what, what you just said, that surrender, that's there's a new sense of freedom because all of a sudden I don't have this pressure that I have to do it because I can't. And it, that's yeah. where I think that's where my freedom in realizing I messed up was because sometimes when I know I made a mistake, even when I know I messed up royally, it's like, okay, I'm not God. Someone better has the job. It's like both of those things occur to me. <laughs> and then it's like, like you said, the pressure's off That's and good. I can continue walking in this love that God yeah. has for me and God has for others. But I had to retire from the need to be flawless. I have daily. Sometimes I have to retire from the need to be control others destinies you know like that thing where my husband doesn't <laughs> yeah. get up when i want him to and i feel like i'm a failure if he doesn't get up and we're late to church that's honestly it's one of the reasons we live a mile and a half from church i can walk he can be as late as he wants i have retired oh, from what nice. time my husband gets to if he gets there five minutes before the service that's fine because i'm there an hour before and i don't <laughs> but i i have yeah. to re-retire a lot from all that honestly i take it it's good take it back yeah <laughs> That's a really good point. I, I I do that sometimes with certain things, certain things that are just not my responsibility. Mm -hmm. 
to a fault, maybe I, I can be really good at just ignoring things and not really inserting myself into the situation to the point that people look at me like, why isn't this bothering you? And I'm like, that's not my thing. Like, that's not yeah. my area. Like, so that, and so anyway, I've, I've, uh, I've allowed myself more recently. This is to, to just be free from some of those pressures that I just don't have to take on because I feel like I've got enough pressure of my own. Like I don't need to be taking on somebody else's yep. stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really yeah. love what you were saying just now though. Like the, the, the law really proved the old covenant, um, really proved that man does not have what it takes to live in freedom, to walk in freedom, to abstain from sin, to, to live, mm -hmm. you know, a, a perfect life. Like it, it proved that too. It's so proved that we can't do it on our own. We can't do it in our own strength. And so that's why Jesus came. And now it's, it's not dependent on my obedience. It's not dependent on my ability to be perfect. I've actually, you know, if, if we can, if we can go there, we've been perfected in Christ because of what yes. he's done for us. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, we've been, we've been made, like yeah. you said, you said it, I love the way you said it before. We've been, we've, uh, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but to, to the effect of that we've been made complete in him, that our completeness is is in him. It's not, you know, I'm not here struggling to do everything right so that I can be complete. No, I'm complete because he made me complete. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we begin our walk with Christ. Yeah. And and so, yeah. And then so like it's a completely different paradigm shift. It's not I got to do this so that God can be pleased with me and I can be blessed. It's like, no, God's pleased with me. I'm blessed. Right. I'm favored. I have access to his grace and the abundance of his goodness and all of that because of what he did for me, not because of who I am. So right. now I'm learning to respond to that in, yeah. you know, in Christ likeness. I'm learning to respond as opposed to I've got to do this in order to get yep. God to do something for me. You know? It's a preposition it's really cool. shift instead of going, doing, living, for approval living for like as if we don't have it we're living from it like it's from, already yeah. who we are and it's just walking out the identities like you already got it <laughs> so yeah you already got it so um i might even think of it as like accessing it sometimes i tell a little story about it's not it's just i made it up about somebody who is um on the street and is begging and is in tatters doesn't remember who they are lost their memory and it turns out that this person is an heiress that if she walked across the street into the bank she has a trust fund of several million dollars and so if she just figured out who she was and then like like i think a trust fund because god doesn't give us everything at once you mm. know that's a heaven thing he gives us everything yeah. we need and then some but yeah. if she would just walk in the bank so my my whole life is like walking in the bank and then figuring out what i need to do to access it and what I need, mm. but it's always more than I need. It's always more than I can imagine. Yes. You know? Yes. It, it's Come always on. that. So. Yeah. Mm. That's a big deal. That's a, that's a big mindset shift because mm. I think most, most people, um, I don't know about most people, but I, I know that a lot of people, and I know that I can struggle with this mindset sometimes mm. myself of like, I hope it's enough. I hope mm. this works. God, I hope you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we could just see that. things from his perspective, you know, if we could just see things the way that he sees them, he's always abundant. He always goes over and above. It's always more than enough. But I think sometimes we set our expectations so low 
that right. we miss out on what he's doing. Right. right. You know. Well, and I think in my case, I I will tell you one of my um, struggles. I'd call it the not again struggle. <laughs> if I've been through pain, and I see the pain coming again whether it's pain of financial something or somebody's going to yeah. get mad at me or I see this, this job isn't going anywhere. And, and sometimes I think that's the way Satan works with lies. Satan will use facts to lie. That sounds weird, but Satan will lose, use facts 100%. to lie by setting up the things that make it seem one way. Like for instance, yes. um, you did this wrong. You lied this way. You did this and this is going to happen again. Therefore you are a sinner who does not deserve God's grace. And you know, it, well, that's all true, but that people walk in that identity, but listen, yeah, God saved me. God has already used me. God calls me beautiful. So how dare you not? And look at all these great things that God has put in my life. And yeah, I'm going to mess up, but God's still going to use it. And God's going to shine through it. And you're defeated, mm. you know? Those are both factual accuracies, but one's yes. the truth and one's not. Come on. And I will sometimes, I fear that, oh no, not again. I will hear these whispers. I, I mean, I don't physically sure. hear the whispers, but these thoughts that it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. This thing's going to happen. You're going to get in this fight again. You're going to lose another job. You know, yeah, I mean, you're going to be laid off. You're not going to be able to pay wow. this bill. You're going to be go through this hard time. And when I get focused on that, that's really because then it's like, I don't care that you're going to bring me through this. I don't want to go through it. You know, <laughs> I may or may not go through it, but I'm so focused on that pain that all of a sudden the faith ends up. I mean, that's idolatry too. The faith ends up taking a back seat to what I've decided is going to be uncomfortable or unpleasant for me to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I still struggle with that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I still struggle with it. So oh, I am right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I am right there with you for sure. Um, yeah. The, the, the way that I've, uh, maybe explain that before uh to people is like yeah the 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 devil he'll bring up stuff that's that's true like he'll bring up yeah. stuff that's factual it's like like oh yeah i did fail before <laughs> i did try to start that business before and it didn't work oh and then i did it like four more times and it still didn't work and mm -hmm. so and so tried it and it didn't work and you know whatever and and so he'll pull up stuff from the past and or present and uh and try and and use that to say like this is going to happen again but the reason it it can never be truth if it undermines the grace of god oh i you know? love that and so like if if he said well th this isn't going to work because this you you failed before you don't have what it takes like okay hold on though like mm -hmm. that might be a mostly true statement except you're factoring out the goodness of god you're factoring yeah. out the grace of god and so there's no way that it's truth and we don't Amen. just stand on factual statements, like you said. We we've got to stand on the truth. I love that. The word of God. Yeah. What do you say? I'm gonna quote you on that. I hope you don't mind. Because you said it on oh, the radio. So I don't care at all. Because <laughs> I already be forgot truth if it undermines what, the grace how I of said God. it. That is profound. <laughs> I like I like sharing other people's um I realize when you do social media posts, people don't usually want to read long stuff. So I try to mm. share quotes from other people. That that's a good one. It can never be truth if it undermines the grace of God. I love that. Awesome. That was free. That's free. Just they're, they're all, they're all free. Um, so, and you were talking a minute ago about surrender and, and I, and I love the way that this, the way this connects in my mind, um, because so often the way that you were just describing that, it sounds to me a lot like the way that worry and anxiety works, you know, on the mm -hmm. inside of us. And we get too focused on 
what we have to do or what could go wrong or what could has gone wrong or we have that sort of like that what if what if this doesn't work yeah. out what if that you know it, it it lends itself to to worry and jesus said don't worry like don't worry about what you're going to eat what you're going to put on like don't worry about that stuff because yeah. i'm your heaven like your heavenly father knows what you have need of he knows it perfectly. And so I love the way that this connects with surrender, mm -hmm. because so often I think that we stay in that place of worry and anxiety over something because it feels like we're in control, even though we're right. not. Right. If, if I keep worrying about this, I, I, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. So I can't I can't even determine it right now because I don't know what's going to happen. It's an uncertain future. But I can just keep thinking about it and just going over the scenarios over and over in my mind, feeling like I've got some level of control. And yeah. I love that you called it idolatry because that's what it is. That's cr that's a crazy thought. You blew my yeah. mind with that. It's like um, because what happens is I, I make it bigger in my mind than God. I make it bigger right. in my mind than the grace of God. And so now right. I've put this other thing like on the throne of my heart. Where I'm like, I'm going to just keep going over this thing in my mind, worrying about it, thinking about it. It's my like, it's what I'm meditating on. Mm -hmm. You know, I can meditate on God's word, but I can also meditate on all the stuff that worries me and, and keeps me in fear. Yes. And that's such a scheme of the enemy. And so it actually requires surrender. Yes. It actually requires me to die to myself to say, God, I'm going to let this thing go. Because as much mm -hmm. as like nobody would say, I love worry. I, I love to be anxious. <laughs> like nobody would say that. But at the same time, I do think that we love to be in control. Yeah. We love to feel like we're in, in control. I and, was but that's about not that. freedom. That's not freedom. Real freedom that's comes right. yeah. when you we, surrender people, it. People think they're going yeah. towards freedom when they're really moving towards, um, I would say, one of the greatest gods in this culture. Um, and I don't mean greatest, strongest, little Small G. G. <laughs> uh, little G, as in um, really tools of the enemy is our addiction to the illusion of control. And I'm trying to, I'm going through Come my head on. thinking about any issue that anybody has that is ongoing, that isn't somehow connected to an, an addiction of illusion of control. When I feel hurt wow. and not just feel the hurt, but rehearse it, which I do, I'll get mad at somebody and say it over and over and over again. And the other day, my husband called me on it. He's like, you just said that six times. Now I feel bad, you know? <laughs> and it was like, all right, sorry, I'll, I'll shut up now. But, um, when we rehearse it, that there's something in us, like you said, that we're holding on to it. We hold on to the hurt as if it's going to help us, but it's really kind of the same as holding on to a double-edged sword. Yes. This isn't helping us. This is making us bleed. This is not healing us, but we won't let go of it because it's our sword, you know, and it, it almost seems like anything, you know, with drugs, alcohol, I mean, name your addiction, pride, um, mm. judgment, critical spirit, <laughs> food. Um, yeah. We do. I, I have a carb. I, I, I have a carbohydrate addiction. I am totally a carbohydrate junkie. And there are things that I will eat that I I'll, I tell you the truth. I don't even really like pizza. I don't like it that much. Every time I eat it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel so full. I feel yucky. Why yeah. eat it? And then two minutes later, I can I can like level a pizza in like three hours. I can't even eat more than two pieces <laughs> at a time, but I can level it in three hours. And I used to do like I would ground myself in carbohydrates all week. And then we had donuts and Sunday at church on Sunday at church. And so I'm like, today's my donut day and I'll get there late and I get the wrong donut. That's why I might get my, mad at my husband. We're late. I don't get the good donuts, but I go in and I eat this donut and I'm like, 
that's disgusting. <laughs> and then I'll eat another one just to try it out. And then by the end, <laughs> then I have to ground myself from donuts. For yeah. But yeah. like we do that, like yeah. we keep ingesting these things, like somehow it's going to change instead of like you said like let just let go of yeah. it you know i'm not saying don't eat donuts don't eat four of them that's a bad idea but you know like <laughs> that's, hey, like even that should be things, a universal truth yeah it, don't eat it's it. not it's not my, but it should my be. quote for the day don't eat four donuts at a time but, uh, <laughs> that's gonna be the title of the podcast episode <laughs> but yeah we do that thing and and it can be a good thing that's where it's so hard it, it can be a good thing it can, family's a good thing my husband's a good thing but when I'm clinging to his approval over and above everything wow. else, wow. Um, it's good when we're on time for things. I usually like to be super early. So I'm that person. But if we're a minute late or if we walk in at the last minute, it's not that big of a deal. But like I'll, you get addicted to the, I'm going to get my husband to leave as soon as I want him to do it. Wow. That's when yeah. I like, okay, retire from that. You know, I, or I want, I keep talking about my husband. I'm so, I love him, but <laughs> he's the one I live That's with. Awesome. So, but you know, or that person at work that you really don't want to say that thing or that, you know, mm -hmm. but it is, it's like, it's like you said, it's like that illusion of control and it's hurting us, but we want it so bad. And it just hurts my heart for society. Cause I mm. see all of this happening and I see people yeah. sinning and sin is so costly physically and otherwise I, you know, I work in a public school system and I see the costs of sin, you know, how much we have to pay to, for absentee parents, yeah, for kids that just don't do their work because they don't know how to, because they're in this cycle, um, actual poverty mindset. I'm not talking about not having money. I'm talking about right. the poverty. you lived in Western New York probably get it. It's the poverty mindset of if I have money, I have to go spend it on something else other than paying my bills that just it. Right. Yeah. Like I, I yeah. can't see my way out of this. So just live for today. That's a poverty mindset. Just do what, grab everything I can today and hold on to it. But this thing I'm grabbing onto is keeping me from moving forward. And Come on. I might be babbling again. Sorry. But. Come on. No, it's really good. That's, that's a really good point because yeah. I, everything you're saying is it's like a whole bunch of really good points it's like the, these things that we do like you said like anything <clears throat> excuse me like we we can make anything into an addiction you know when it, when it gives us that sense of of release that that sense of yeah like control um and it brings us into that into that place of you know it's like the the reward you know, when when we have that that thing and it's such a twisted thing because it's gross and we know that it's yeah. gross and we know that it's bad for us. But one thing that we all love is our comfort zone. You know, mm -hmm. we love yeah. our safety net. We, we, we love that thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's 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 really interesting the way um, the like the the mind works the way the subconscious mind works mm -hmm. to try to like keep us safe and keep us protected based on what it thinks is protection mm -hmm. for us which mm -hmm. is what we're used to which is what you know we've considered to be to be our safe zone and so we could be living according to a complete lie mm -hmm. we could be living according to something that's completely untrue but we've accepted it as true like we or we've accepted it as like this is what's normal for me and that's all that you're like the the back of your mind <laughs> really wants to do is just to kind of keep you into what's normal. That's why as soon as yeah. you start moving toward change, 
it you know we we get that feeling like all hell's breaking loose trying to right. keep us from going right. outside of our comfort zone right it and, almost feels uh, like loss even when we're going towards gain right yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah it's, it's like crazy have, it's like we have to mourn part of us has to mourn the loss of this thing that mm. was no good to us anyways so i'm thinking no about that i keep hearing i have a little mantra i say sometimes our rehearsal becomes our reality it's like the more you do something wow. the more you think the more you say the more it feels right and that's the only way i can think of to justify like what happened to the jews how hitler convinced so many people of mm. so much stuff that you look at it afterwards and go wow or like wow. somebody who's been saved by grace and goes how could I live like that? How I, mm. somebody who used to smoke five packs a day and 20 years later goes, I can't even stand the smell. How could I ever think wow. that was something that was good for me? You know? <laughs> so um, yes. if we rehearse something enough, we, it becomes more real to us, even if it's not. Yeah. Mm. Well, I want to read something. It's actually from the um, the description of your book. So again, the book is called An Anointed Mess, um, Discovering the Daily Adventures of Grace. And so uh, in, in part of the description of the book, here's what it says. Whether our struggles seem big or small, life-changing or merely mildly annoying, we generally just want God to take them away. But what if we changed our mindset to instead seek God's grace in the midst of these difficulties? And I think that like everything that you're talking about here, it it comes it it comes back to the mindset, you know, um, the mindset and the belief system of you know what are we really, how are we living our lives? What are we basing mm. our reality on? I love what you just said that what I rehearse becomes my reality, that that thing that I play out in my in my mind, you know, those things that I'm focusing on, you know, the things that I'm, uh, yeah, essentially meditating on in life, the things that I'm just kind of keeping in front of me, keeping in my mind, I'm going over it again and again and again and again. Eventually, that's going to come out of me, you know, mm. out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks out of the heart flow the issues of life and so my my life i be, i live based on what i have on the inside of me and what's inside of me is there because of what i've essentially put in yeah. there yeah and so if i can learn to shift my mindset where it's it's not just me like my external circumstances might be amazing they might be a horrifying mm -hmm. but if my internal world is at rest and in peace because I'm depending on the grace of God and not on something external to like, you know, come in to mm. fix everything for me. But I, I learned that even in the midst of a storm, he is my peace. He is my strength. Mm. He is my hope. He is my joy. And I'm not saying that I've got this figured out by any means. So, you know, mm. for anybody listening, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. Mm. Um, this is a, a process that we're all in, but like, I, I just think that we're so good at shifting blame. To other mm -hmm. things and and even on god i think that's kind of what you're getting at here like god why don't you show up why don't you just fix it you're all powerful how come i'm still going through this mm -hmm. situation why am i still dealing with this problem where are you god and i think so often what we need to do <laughs> is to shift our mentality to shift our perspective so that we can kind of begin to see things the way that he sees them and recognize mm -hmm. that look i'm not 
I, I don't believe that God sends the storms into our lives. I don't believe that God is the author of any kind of confusion. I don't believe that God is the author of any kind of sickness. He, he's not the author of poverty. Like these are things that he hates. But when I'm faced with a challenge in my life, instead of me pointing my finger and blaming God for not pulling me out of it, I can actually, because of the Christ in me, and because I have the mind of Christ and because of what he's done for me and because I live in the finished works of Christ, like the, the, just the reality of what he's accomplished for us and made available to us, I can actually, instead of blaming and trying to shift things off to somebody else, I can actually bring my thinking into alignment with his. And I think that that's where change really begins to take place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And you're also kind of punching Satan in the eye when you do that. So <laughs> I thought about it like spiritual. It's I'm good. not a violent person because the battle is not against flesh and blood, but I don't mind, mm -hmm. you know, Satan getting beat up a little, but <laughs> um, yeah, he deserves but it. There's a thing as spiritual warfare. Sometimes we want to fight with our fists. I want to fight with my words because I have a lot of them. I have so many words and I, you know, I really sometimes I'm fighting the wrong battles, the wrong people when I use my words too much, but there's something to be said when you're right in the middle of the pit, calling out and praising God. Some, if you think about it in scripture, some of the most profound miracles, most of them are in the middle of the pit. When you go out, call out to God, um, some mm -hmm. of the greatest growth happens when you're in the middle of the pit and you're calling out to God. And the wonderful thing about it is, um, you can call out and you can praise God and he can sustain you in that environment, in that circumstance, you can have joy, but then instead of trying to use the external to affect the internal, when your peace is there, when the, when your joy is there, you do end up becoming a world changer. I, yes. I think of Joseph, there are three chapters, I want to say maybe 36 through 38 of Genesis, uh, the end of the 30s, mm -hmm. where it talks about yeah. he gets sold into, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, taken away from his father, um, you know, gone after by an evil one, basically a very sinful woman thrown into a dungeon, mm -hmm. left in the dungeon, like all these horrible things happen to him. Yes. Multiple times, I think eight times in those three chapters, it says the Lord was with Joseph. That's where it says mm. the Lord was with Joseph. Not when awesome. his father was honoring him, not when he was overseeing everything. Well, the Lord was with Joseph and he was in the middle of that and he was working in that. So not only could Joseph have success, whether he was in a pit or whether he was <laughs> in a dungeon, it's like everywhere he went, no matter what people did to him, he was still a voice for God. But because he went all through that, he ended up being literally a world changer. I mean, yes. he saved the nation of Egypt and multiple nations around them. He saved people mm. from death because of all these things. But it's, it, I just, I love that we can, we can be in the midst of the pit. This, I'm not saying I'm good at this all the time, but we can be in the midst of the pit and we can cry out to God and that's okay. And we can be honest and that's okay. But we can also say, God, thank you. I hate what I'm going through right now, but I know you're going to use it. Mm. You know, I know yes. we, that, I think that's what Psalms were. So many, like there were a lot of praise Psalms or a lot of, a lot of different kinds of Psalms, but many of them started with struggle and just ended with, but God. So many times I think we say, God, blah, blah, blah. But really <laughs> right. we get it the yeah. wrong way. It needs to be, but we God, switch but it. Um, I have this, this great lady who went to my church one time. We were at a, a meeting and the pastor talked about this horrible thing that happened with a property. And I mean, they, it got burned down before they get insurance on it and all that. And she looked him in the eye and said, have you thanked God for it yet? And that always sat with me. Have you thanked mm. God for how we can use it for you yet? So that like was a challenge 
she said, I don't always do this either, but I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. if we can, we, we have the ability and we have the choice to sit in the middle of some of the worst things. And this is a little bit of the book too. And we don't even have to wait till it's over and look back on it. We can say, mm. I don't feel great, but I can still say, thank you, God, because you're going to use this because I trust your word and I know you've done it already. And I know you're with That's me. So even good. if it feels like I'm in a dungeon, you're going to use this. And that, I'll say it again, it punches Satan. I don't think there's anything much more powerful against the forces of evil than when you can sit in a pit of despair and call out and say, I'm going to praise you anyways, God. Um, so good. Personally. When I was in that pit, everything was gone. My husband was gone. My job was gone. Everything. I didn't, we didn't know how we we're going to pay for anything. And I caught myself once, once ever in my life did I say, I wish I was dead. And then I immediately repented and said, no, I don't. I can't let us Simon in. But I'm crying out to God. And I heard this whisper, are you going to praise me anyways? Mm. And I'm obstinate. So I'm like, Satan's not going to win this. It was not like, this was not me being like, holy, this was okay. God challenge accepted. Wow. <laughs> like, Come on. Yes, I will. And I think even though I felt the weakness, I, I think that may have been some of the most powerful God movements in my life. And that's another lie of Satan. God's moving powerfully in you. And he tries to make you feel like you're broken. If Satan's trying to make you feel like you're broken. Often that means God's doing something in you. Wow. So so that there's a power that, I mean, Paul and Silas, they sung in the dungeon and it caused yes. an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. And it caused yes. a jailer's heart to be moved. You know, they set their own captors free. It's, it's just, it's an amazing thing. I'm still learning it. I, I don't always, sometimes I just complain. I'll be honest. But, <laughs> but when I don't, yeah. when, when I hear God saying, well, you praise me anyways, and I get obstinate and say, okay, Satan's not going to win. <laughs> yeah, I think we all complain and uh, we go into the pity party and all that kind of stuff. But I really love what you're saying. I, I think that one of the most practical things that we can do when we're going through something difficult is uh, just to become thankful, just to be intentional. Like it's so e it doesn't cost you anything to be thankful when everything is going right. But right. When things are going wrong um, and, you know, you don't have all the answers and, you know, whatever, whatever's, whatever's going on and you can just make the decision to be thankful and just to right. be grateful. Right. And, I love uh, that you said decision yeah. because gratitude yeah. is not a feeling. It's a choice and your feelings can follow. For <laughs> sure. For sure. Yeah, it really does. It's one of the, I think it's one of the quickest ways to sort of like snap yourself out of mm. whatever mindset you're you're in mm. is just to be thankful about it not 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 be thankful for like god i just want to thank you for this problem i'm not saying right. that but you thank god for his goodness in spite of yes. the problem you know and yeah. and uh, you find things to be thankful for and i really do i think that it 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 can so quickly shift our mindset yeah um while you were talking, I, I thought of another uh, verse that I really love, and it's um, uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 28, and it says, it's like one of these verses that I think you just kind of read over um, a lot of times. It's like the verse doesn't even start off, like it starts off mid-sentence, and so it's weird, mm -hmm. but it says, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them proof of perdition, but mm -hmm. to you of salvation and that from God not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them proof of perdition, 
or, mm. or judgment. So it's like when the devil's coming at you full force and this is what I get out of this verse anyway, when the devil's coming at you full force and instead of complaining and going into fear mode, you do, you just, you keep being you, you keep, mm. you keep living your life and you keep glorifying Jesus. It's actually proof. It proves to them that their future is nothing but eternal judgment and damnation. Mm. Mm. It's perdition. It's judgment. It's like, the devil hates it. I think that's why mm. probably one of the reasons why he fights so hard to keep us in fear and to keep us down and depressed and all this kind mm. of stuff. Cause like for some reason, there's something about this. He comes face to face with the reality of his own demise. When we refuse to complain and become fearful, but instead we, we continue, we, we give God praise and glory in the midst Amen. of that, you know, painful situation that we're in or whatever it might be. Amen. Perhaps that's one of the reasons that worship is so powerful, because I think fear, mm. self-pity, self-doubt, false humility, also idolatry, because it's putting the focus on you. <laughs> but a lot of stuff's idolatry. You're not, you're not, you're not pulling any punches. Karen. I don't, I, I don't want to call myself a pagan, but when I'm more concerned about how horrible I feel, guilt is idolatry. Almost anything's Id I'm sorry, almost anything because idolatry is putting something before God. Just call it what it is. Yeah. Bad, that's Okay, but when you're feeling so sad that you can't even talk to God or who God is, then your sadness has gotten more important than God. If you're nervous mm. about something, that's okay. But when your nervousness mm. becomes more important perpetually than who God is, then you've just idolatrized the situation. When we, <laughs> the things that you're talking about, I mean, is idolatry not putting something else in front of God? So I'm saying this to myself. This really is puts me on the hook here. Because you know? <laughs> I'm saying things that I struggle with. But For sure. When you focus on the situation and that fear takes over if satan can keep us focused on oh what might happen to me what might happen in the situation what might i do and the focus becomes i but when we worship the focus becomes god i've, I've even like that happens to me a lot of, like i'll feel horrible i'll feel horrible and i just want answers and i just want answers and i just want answers mm -hmm. and then finally i'll worship sometimes in tears at that point because i'm angry sometimes mm -hmm. i'll angry word i don't know if you ever angry worship before i angry pray like <laughs> I love you, bud. That's <laughs> awesome. However I am, we're just going to do it. And you worship and you start thinking about who God is. All of a sudden, the answers don't become that important. But like at that point, if you need the answer, God will give it to you. I can't tell you how many times an idea wow. has come to me in worship when I finally stop focusing on. I mean, wanting the answer can be idolatry because that's like, you know, wanting, wanting to be right. That's me. I like to be right. Um, don't mm. tell my husband I'm ever wrong. I'm just kidding. He knows it better than anyone. But um, <laughs> wanting to be right, wanting to, I need to know what to do. That becomes more. But then when you just surrender it all in worship, sometimes the exact thing that you've been fighting for and staying out of God's presence for comes right to you. But mm. because then the focus stops being me, me. What am I going to do? What am I going to think? What's going to happen to me? What I mean, saying pretty smart, you know, <laughs> he's not creative. He never created anything, but he knows how to twist things. And for sure. So that over and over again, that whole coming into God's presence is so powerful because it takes. We're not out of the equation. Yes. We're just not the leader. Yeah. 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 I want I want to go back a little bit because you said something that I think is is so helpful. Um that and uh I I can quick 
thoughts can go out of my head quickly, Karen. So bear with me for a second. <laughs> Cause I, I was about to make a really good point. Oh, sorry, no, I, I was, no, I was going, no, I was going back to, uh, to something that, that you had said, um, where you, you were talking about like being angry, being frustrated, being upset and worshiping with that and praying with that. And, it's, and I think that that's so helpful because so often, like, I think that so many people live with this idea that you can't approach God that way, that you only, that you got to be like put together to approach God. And it's so not true. That's why I, I think this whole thing, the, the book title and uh, what you said um, that I want to be careful the way I say it. I want to make sure you said that you find your, you found your identity in being an anointed mess is that Absolutely. close enough i don't <laughs> want to you know what i mean if i say it wrong it. <laughs> it could come off as like i'll claim it uh, but but yeah so it's like we don't have to be all put if you read some of the psalms and the way that david was like crying out and expressing mm -hmm. his heart before the lord not always in like this perfect put together package but like with whatever you have with what whatever's going on in you um Oh, what is, what is the verse? Is it Psalm, I think it's like Psalm um, 103. It says, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna turn there because I'm gonna mess it up. Um, just give me one second here. I think you're gonna help some people get free today, Karen. This is awesome. It says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name." All that is within me. So Everything. if if there's fear in me, if there's okay. depression in me, if there's anger, if there's frustration, if I've been complaining, like whatever, with whatever's in me, I can bless his name. Like I don't have to be hindered from being where God is, from standing before God. You know, Hebrews tells us we, we stand before the throne of grace and it's there that we can find mercy and grace to help in time of need. So we don't oh, wait yeah. till we have the situation figured out to stand before the throne of grace. Hallelujah. You, you, you spark something, Karen. Hallelujah. I, can I? It's, can, it's important. It's powerful. Can I add a story to that? <laughs> jump in, please. One of my favorite characters now in the Bible is Hannah, Samuel's mother. Because yeah. this idea of surrender, she gave her worst to God and she gave her best to God. To me, like she is such a prime example of how God wants everything. And some of us hold back our fears. Some of us hold back our anxiety. Some of us hold back our money. Some of us hold back our dreams. But mm. God wants everything, you know, everything. Yeah. So Hannah gave her worst fears. I mean, she was, she cried. She gave her tears to the point where she couldn't cry anymore. That's what it said. She had run out of tears. That's why Eli thought she was drunk. You know, the priest thought she was drunk. Mm -hmm. She gave everything all of the worst, every part of her. She didn't hold any of it mm. back. And through that, God gave her the desire of her heart. Her greatest dream was to have a son. And then she gave her greatest dream to God when she handed over <sighs> Samuel. And then God wow. gave her more, you know? <laughs> and if there was ever a thing to keep her, she didn't, who would want to look dumb at the altar in front of the high priest? But she didn't care. She gave it all. And who on earth would want to give their only son who they had waited for? To the Lord, but she didn't care. And every time she gave him everything, he gave her back more. Mm. It's like, we can't give up. We cannot yes. give God. Come on. <laughs> like nothing too small, nothing too big, nothing too bad, nothing too good. Everything. And God pours this oil of anointing over it. And whatever it is, it's better because God's in it. Mm. Yes. That's grace. 
Uh, it's so good. Mm. It's so good. I'm so glad you came on the show today, Me Karen. Me too. I like to <laughs> I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> I I want to uh, I want to shout out to your podcast. Um, so your podcast is called Daily Adventures in Grace, mm -hmm. correct? Correct. And you went you went the same route as me. There's no the word podcast doesn't show up in the title of your podcast, which I, I find sometimes to be a little bit challenging. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Daily Adventures in Grace. And I love that. So this is like legit like daily adventures. So you're you're releasing a podcast five days a week every day or just about yeah most of I the do days five of the days week. because um, awesome. Sundays for God and Saturdays for my granddaughter <laughs> so love it love it uh, and and I and I really um I've, I really love it I've had a chance to to check out um, a handful of them and I I like your approach because you're just you you're you're you and you're, you're talking through things and I love the fact like like where do you find the time to do to do this every day <laughs> i get up at it's pretty awesome <laughs> and I, okay. like i said it things That'll get easier it. when you don't have a filter so i just i talk i right yeah i pray i seek god and i talk through yeah i i talk um other people have much higher quality so i just go for in terms of the sound effect so i'm just kind of like this is me once a day i'll try to be honest i'll probably make mistakes so <laughs> i'll probably make a handful of really weird faces as I probably have on this program. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you can, um, because I, I was listening to them on Spotify, but you have them available in video format too. Yeah. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Spotify. Okay, awesome. I'm on, um, most of the main things. If you look it up, you can find it. Um, I, I go through, um, a provider that gets me out on a lot of the different ones. I'm on Apple. Um, yes. I, it's also on CarenMariePennington.com. If you look on there, there's, there's, it's on there as well. I tried to make it pretty easy to find it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also on Facebook, so you can get in there too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's so cool. I, I love, I love the fact that that's a resource that you're, uh, putting out there every day. And I definitely recommend, uh, checking it out daily adventures in grace, uh, check out for anybody watching this. It's up on the screen, the web address, Karen Marie Pennington, just like it sounds.com. Mm -hmm. um and uh and check out some of the resources there like the book um in anointed mess the podcast and uh, some other resources that are available there uh, i just wanted to make sure that we pointed those things out before we ran out of time karen mm -hmm. um but i i i appreciate the podcast I, I like your approach and i and i like uh the things that you talk about too the topics um and what what is sort of your is there something in particular like that becomes your inspiration for the different things that you do on a daily basis? Or is it literally just, okay, God, what are we talking about today? <laughs> and it comes out like, how, how do you get inspired to do a new, a new episode every day? It's a walk of grace. Sometimes something happens that really hits, hits me. Sometimes I'll be thinking about it for a couple of days. I do have scriptures that I try. There's, I try to do at least three different passages a day that I read. Sometimes I don't get through it. Sometimes like this morning I went towards one and I ended up reading a total different book of the Bible. So mm. I sort of have a plan of how to read and God gets to change it. But there are days, honest to goodness, that I'm, I turn on the computer and go, what am I going to say? And I have a verse and no, nothing else. Sometimes those are, those might be some of the better ones. Cause I have, it's scary. Cause you probably could tell, I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth half the time. So <laughs> just kind of go, <laughs> God, I want to be faithful. You know, I always start yeah. with a prayer. I always start with seeking God. And usually I have a basic idea. 
Um, but it's really different every day. It really is an adventure of grace because mm-hmm. there's no <laughs> yeah. real formula. It's just, I'm everywhere. <laughs> I just try to seek God and I love the Bible. And when something hits me, I'm like, okay, let's share it. Maybe someone else has been through this. Yeah. And, and what would you say just like in your own words is your heart, you know, behind the podcast and what it is that you're looking for people to, to listen and to get out of it? Uh, I think the daily thing is important. I think mm-hmm. this idea that uh, like in the book, the highs and lows are not, mm-hmm. I mean, God isn't just in the highs and lows. God's in the everyday. And if people, if we could understand, first of all, the value of our own story, everybody has cool stories every day, the value of just God is exciting every day. And if you look for him and if you seek him, he's going to be there Mm -hmm. every day. I have something to talk about because every day I ask, everybody's like that, you know, and the word of God is amazing. It'll touch you. So love it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up uh, one more thing, and maybe this will lead into other things than one more thing. But, <laughs> but I, but I wanted to bring up one more thing because um, I I started to read your book. The the, the problem with um, that that I have here is uh, I have a I, I end up I interview a lot of authors, and so I start like reading the books. But by the time I have the episode, I don't have a, enough time to get through the the whole book. So I have not read the whole book, but I have started reading your book and and uh, really really enjoying it. And and something that I that I that I read that I just sort of um, took note of where early on in the book, you started talking about rights and the difference between what's mm-hmm. right and my rights. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and in this thing, I think you said something that was really, really profound. So just for example, you were saying things like, um, you know, you have a right to carry a gun, but I also have a right to live in a world where I'm not afraid that I'm going to be shot. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you have a right to smoke in public. Um, but I, I have a right, you know, not to be in an, in an atmosphere where, you know, I'm suffocating in, in smoke, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you have your rights and I have my rights. And so the question becomes like, like, what do we do about it? Which one is right and which one is wrong? And I love the simplicity of your answer. You said, you know, it's not always a, a matter of being able to say this is right and this is wrong. It's a matter of, uh, you said, a journey into the heart of God. I think, I think that's mm-hmm. what you said. It's like, it's like it requires some, some of these issues and challenges and the things that we face. I think this is so relevant today with all of the polarization that we see in our society and uh, this sort of like us and them, you're with me, you're mm-hmm. against me, this, this stuff that we have. And it's not, you can't look at everything and just be like, oh, well, you're right and you're wrong because there's probably right and wrong <clears throat> on all sides. And then there's also probably well, e- either way, even even if somebody, even if we could define and say this person is just categorically wrong or biblically this person is wrong or whatever, even if we can define it, we still have to recognize the value of the person that's making that argument and the value of the cry that's in the heart of that person that's trying to be expressed. Right. Because, you know, and whatever the issue is, I don't even want to mention issues because we are we all know what we're talking about. But like, yeah, <clears throat> regardless of what the issue is, if it's most people value at the root they they or at the core they value the same stuff like we want to be healthy we want to be safe we want to be secure you know we want what's best for our family you know we we most of us most people want to do what's right they want to be good people and so sometimes that gets in their mind translated to well i've got to act like this 
in order to sort of fulfill what's on the inside of me. And so even even if if we could look at a situation or a person's response or actions and say, well, this is wrong and it's not even up for debate like this is wrong. I think it's still important to recognize that the person there is valuable. They're an image bearer Mm -hmm. of God. And the, the cry that's on the inside of them is real and it's legitimate. It may be coming out wrong. It may not be expressed mm-hmm. right for whatever reason, but, but we've still got to value, you know, the, the, the basic sort of need and, and the cry that's within that person, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that, that that statement that you made is it's not always a matter of just being able to say, well, this is right. This is wrong. It's, Sometimes this requires a journey into the heart of God Mm. so we can connect with him and to see what he's saying and to see what he's doing. Um, Mm. Could could you maybe, um, I don't know, is that something that you you could elaborate on a little bit on just like your thoughts behind that statement? Because I I was really sort of, it it was a profound statement when I read it. And I think that it's so Mm. relevant, especially like in the days that we're living in right now. Right. Absolutely. Well, the original, the original story, as you probably remember, is I was two and I didn't want my mom to spank me. Right. So, <laughs> so I right. spanked her <laughs> or I tried to, and so I got rebellious. away with it once, but that's awesome. <laughs> you get away with it when you're two and you're cute, but never again. But, um, and I'm my granddaughter's too now. So, um, but this idea where, we get it into our mind that I have to be right. 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 Mm -hmm. And then again, that whole, whoever said that we have that many rights, you know, God tells us we're going to have a lot of stuff. God never told us we're going to have everything we want or have it the way we want, or that we were even going to have perfect understanding. God promised us peace. If we ran into him, you know, God promised us his presence, you know, and, um, (laughs) In the world, you will have tribulation, right. but be of good cheer. I've in the world, the you world. will have riches in a Maserati. Right. No, that's not. In the world, everyone will always think you're right. Yeah, right. I they need that. I need that translation of the Bible, whatever so, that one is. I mean, if Jesus can't convince the whole world, how, you know, I'm just saying. Mm. But um, so sometimes we get so focused on those things. And I think in the process, we dehumanize others. I think I love what you were saying. Yes. I'm kind of taking it further than what I said in the book. But um, we look at someone else and then we don't see a person for whom Christ died. We see a problem. Um, we see <laughs> an on. issue. We see a set of Come faults. On. We can look at ourselves and do that as well. When we're so focused on really an end, the le- we get focused on the lesser mm. things. I think that's what happens sometimes in our fight for justice. There are times when God tells us to fight for justice in certain ways. That's not, I'm not for saying sure. that's wrong, but um, yeah. not always the way we think, but even like with my mom in that case, I barely remember it. This is most that this is going on memories and old stories for me. But from right. what I remember yeah. people telling me because I was two is, you know, my mom was a problem. My mom was not a person who loved me, who God died for, who was trying to do the mm. right thing. She was a problem. And how do I deal with this problem? And in my little two year old sense, it was pick up a two by four and swatter in the butt with it. And then I'll never have to be spanked again. <laughs> but um, but we're all two year olds, you know, we get, we get it in our head that. I want this. And because I want this, it must be right. How many horrible lifestyles do we have? Because people have decided I want this. So God must want it for me. And you hate me if you say something different and Mm. we get mad at people when the extremes of lifestyles, but we do it too. You know, we say, I want this. 
I want this to happen. I want my congregation to do this. I want this person to talk to me the right way. I want my daughter to do this. And because it didn't happen, <laughs> that becomes our pursuit. But the whole thing about pursuing the heart of God is then we get to put on our God lenses and then we get to change what we really want because it says, you know, Jeremiah 29, seek me and find me. If you see, you will seek me and find me. You seek me with your whole heart. Yes. You know? <laughs> so we're not going to get what we want when we don't want the heart of God first. You know, if we seek the heart of God first, we'll get that. Hold on, and hold on. Can you, can you, have. can you say that again? Can you just say that again? <laughs> we're not going to get everything we want if we're not wanting the heart of God. <laughs> oh, so man. So, so sometimes you get the other stuff too. Kind of like you mm. can't get the inner peace by changing the world. But when you go for the inner peace first, that does change the world. <laughs> Maybe not in the way you thought. Yeah. Wow. But it does. So I think that's where it is, where, you know, we that whole thing of surrender. Thank you for making me think this out more. I like that. <laughs> we send her and we, see, see, we surrender and see God first, then we are getting what we want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, because we're being conformed to his image. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we go after him, you know, mm -hmm. like, like Jesus said, seek first. Um, the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. So like when we're focused, like you said that so beautifully, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, that, that blew my mind. I'm going to write that down and I'm going to steal that one. I'll give I you credit. No, I won't, yeah, I'll give, I'll give you credit. I'll give you credit. Um, but I, I just sense that becoming a normal part of my, my speech mm. from now on. Mm. Um, it's so cool. It's so true. It's so true. And if we focus on, all of our stuff and what we need and our rights. Right. So, like we can get so focused on so many things, but if we're not focused on the one thing that really matters, you know, we can have really noble pursuits, but I think that so often we can carry them out in the wrong way and ultimately end up in the wrong place where it becomes a matter of a battle of flesh and blood. And it's never supposed to be a battle of flesh and blood. It's supposed to be, you know, again, your fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the mm -hmm. principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, all, all that stuff. It's um, yeah, yeah, we've it's not that we it's not that we're supposed to be passive and not fight. We've just got to learn how to fight the right way. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I'm when I'm making a, a person that God created and that he loves, when I'm making a person my enemy, mm -hmm. then uh, I think I probably took a wrong turn somewhere. Mm. Um, and so if we can get God's heart, like you said, God's heart for people, God's heart for cities, God's heart for the circumstances that we're in even, and, uh, and let that be sort of our, our base of operations, you know, like the, the place where, where we start from instead of like, so often I think making all kinds of decisions where God's mm -hmm. sort of factored out and then mm -hmm. trying to bring God into it. Like you said mm -hmm. something earlier about doing this thing kind of backwards. Um, I think that so often we do that and, um, yeah, a journey into the heart of God is, uh, off is daily, I would say required, Amen. um, if we're going to live in peace, you know, mm -hmm. if we're going to have peace within ourselves and live in peace with people, <laughs> um, is, uh, you know, I just think being able to just go back over and over again, God, what are you saying? God, what are you, what are you doing? What, what would you, 
you know, have me learn from this. Mm. Um, somebody, somebody told, said something to me a while ago. Um, a guest that was on here a while ago that, uh, their son, their 17 year old son actually, uh, prayed this prayer and, um, it kind of blew me away. It was like 17 year old kid. Like it, to me, it was like a, a really wise thing that he prayed, but I guess there was like this, this other kid that he was in school with that, you know, people weren't a big fan of and wasn't well liked mm -hmm. and all of that. And, and he prayed this prayer of, um, God, help me to something like this, help me to see this person the way that you see them, or, mm -hmm. you know, help me to understand or to somehow feel or sense the love that you have for this person. Show me, maybe this is what it was. <laughs> if I talk long enough, I remember things. Um, show, uh, just show me the way that you love this person. Show me mm -hmm. how you feel about this person, that kind of thing. And um, yeah, I think if we would just stop and try to get the heavenly perspective and God's perspective um, with the stuff that we're dealing with, mm -hmm. then uh, yeah, I think, I think we Amen. can, we would all be better off for sure. Amen. Amen. God. Karen, lenses. <laughs> what'd you say? God lenses. God lenses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is uh this has been one of my favorite conversations of this whole, Thank this whole year. This whole, this whole, uh, since I started this podcast, it's been, uh, for sure. One of my, one of my favorite conversations. I really enjoyed it. Thank uh, you. thank you so much. Thank you. I, I just want to encourage everybody to check out the book. Uh, probably the easiest way to find everything would be to go to, uh, Karen's website. So it's Karen Marie Pennington.com. You can connect there with the podcast. You can connect with uh, the book and some other resources. You can also go to Amazon. Um, the book is available on Amazon. It's called In Anointed Mess, uh, available on Amazon. And um, the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, and pretty much anywhere that you can get podcasts. On YouTube as well, if you want to check out the video. Um, I like video podcasts, uh, personally. Mm -hmm. I, I think they're fun. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, anything else that you would um, just uh, add to that? Wherever any Is there anyone else that you would connect people to where they could find you? The best way, I love that you did my website because I've tried to make it so that everything else is pretty easy to find from there. I am on most social media uh, as well. Pick your favorite. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. and, and I have an email and I'm trying to make, I try to make it pretty easy to find myself. So um, and I just want to say thanks. This has been a really fun, really life-giving conversation. So I'm always challenged and stretched. Questions help me. So I feel like I've grown even just being able to share my heart. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, well, uh, you're welcome. I, I feel like you've added a tremendous amount of value and I, and I really do appreciate it. Um, and you said that this was uh, your first live interview that you've done. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little nervous because usually they can edit my my stuff out, like the weird faces and the... <laughs> yeah, you know, like I told you, I had to blow my nose before we started because I knew I'm gonna have to do something there if I don't to get this out of the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you did. My strong suit. <laughs> so. You killed it. You did an awesome Thank job, so much. and uh, and and I really had a good time. So um, let's do it again. I would love to. Oh, that would be fun. awesome. <laughs> awesome. Don't forget to check out uh, Karen's podcast. I I'm not good at. I've been thinking too too long already. Hang on, give me one second. Daily Adventures in Grace. I had to think. Uh, the podcast. I'm so sorry. Uh, Daily Adventures in Grace, 
and check out the other resources that Karen has available. Thank you to everybody who took the time to check out this episode, whether you were here live or catching it on the replay later on on one of the podcast platforms. Really, really appreciate you guys. If you get a chance to subscribe, share, leave a review, all of that would really mean the world to me. It'll help this channel to continue to grow. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.